Remember the weight of the world That's a sound that we used to buy On cassette and 45 And now this little girl She says will we make it at all 800 miles is a drive Yeah, you got the weight of the world coming down like a mother's eye. Hello? Shit. Hello? Yeah, is that better? Oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> okay, I'm just putting on my headphones for one second. So this is Zoe. Uh, you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell you a little bit about what you do for uh, everybody that listens? For anybody that's listening? Store them where? Do you have a facility like Ghostbusters? Yeah, yeah. I have my own personal little labyrinth box where I keep everybody's secrets and souls. It's wonderful. I like that. Uh-huh. That's neat. Well, I, I, I picked you because I'll listen to your podcast. I'm going to start off by being really nice and saying I'm a, I'm a big fan. I think you're pretty funny. Pretty funny? Yeah. <laughs> you can do better than that. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, I can't let you get too, too confident here. So, um, I mean... I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I gotta be, you know, kind of tough. You're like one of those guys who read the game and thinks you should like come up to me and be like, I hate your shoes. What a fuck. <laughs> just so you know, everyone, that doesn't work. It does You're, not work. I'm a, I'm a good example that it doesn't work, actually. That's great. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, well, no, I thought you'd be a good person to talk to because, you know, some of this podcast, I know I told you a little bit about it, but, um, you know, it's about breaking the ice, like, you know, dealing with stress before you perform, you know, before you go up and approach somebody. And then whenever I heard your podcast, I was like, this girl has no fear at all. So, you know, she can go up to somebody and just totally break the ice in terms of like, you know, going from not knowing somebody to immediately asking them questions about their sex life. So, I mean, I wanted to start by saying with you, you know, can that be stressful, but you don't make it seem stressful. So how's the best, how, how, how do you best break the ice and what's your plan going at? Yeah. <laughs> and it it but it was through just, you know, 
grunt uh, legwork and practice that I found my stride. And I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Like, you get arrested, right? That's the worst that could possibly happen. And that's already happened to me. And I know enough lawyers now that I feel pretty confident. Um, <laughs> and I've learned, I've learned the things not to say to men to get hit. Um, I've almost gotten hit once. Uh, but I, <laughs> I've had some experience. Well, I don't even know what I'm talking about. My point is that, like, I, I usually wait for people to come to me. And, you know, it's usually when people come to you, where you, you provide a window to people to know that you're available and that you're interested. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people are interested, they come to you. And then, I mean, on the flip side of that, like, I go to conferences and I find weird people and I go up to them and I'm like, you know, uh, and I ask, like, the weirdest questions ever. Like, you know, what was the last time, you know, you, you were naked on a beanbag chair eating Cheetos, right. you know, jerking off. Right. So, and I just... And I just trick them and confuse them because, um, you know, I've said this before, but, like, people have a, like, an exoskeleton, like a, like a cicada that they shed. Everybody, myself included, you know, everyone that you're ever going to meet, your parents, everybody has a role that they think they fit into and a, and a skeleton that they've developed over years of abuse and love and challenges through different forms of their life, you know, goals. And, you know, you just turn into this person, but... Everybody at their core is the same. Everybody has these little antennas that want to connect, that want to fuck, that want to laugh, that want to, you know, so even the most miserable cunty fucks really do, at their core, want to connect with you. They just have a thicker exoskeleton of years and years of abuse and sadness that is preventing them to be able to see the light that you have to offer them. So oftentimes what I do is I go after, like, the really fringe people um, and and attack them. You know, I attack them in a friendly way, but I, like... I startle people and then I, I go in for the kill. I slit their throat. I drain their blood. I hang them upside down. I, I split them, you know, sternum, you know, to pelvis. I, right. I fillet them on purpose because you have to break through people's rib cage to get to their heart. And people these days are just like fucking zombies, you know. They may as well be an extra 28 days later. They're just these living, breathing, walking, fucking, like, garbage-creating, shit-creating you know, just, they're just taking up space. And so in order to get to the crux and the core of who people are, you have to, you have to jolt them. You gotta take a cattle prod directly to their asshole. You have to like, <laughs> you gotta fuck them up or else they're never gonna tell you anything. But the thing that I've learned is that inside of everybody, from from the most boring, like, you know, pick a person, doesn't matter, you know, from like the Walmart checkout guy to the, you know, the bus drivers to the, the richest, fanciest, or whoever, <coughs> oi, 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 sorry. Um, everybody has stories, and everybody has a, a comedic edge. Everybody wants to play, mm-hmm. and it's finding a way to play with people that's on this, like, tightrope between um, offensive and, and loving, where you can get people to laugh with you and laugh at you, and then you can laugh at them. So you have to establish a baseline of like, I'm here to make fun of myself. I'm here to learn about you because I care. Mm-hmm. And then when you establish that trust, you can be like, and by the way, why did you split your time too, you weird devil looking like <laughs> crazy person? You know, so like, it's, it's a balance. And trust me, I have lots of fear. But what I've learned to do is not listen to my fear. Yeah. Because, you know, you'll only, like, and I really, this sounds so fucking cheesy. I sound like one of those people that was a cat hanging off by a, my branch says hang in there like losers whatever but you know you really can't 
nothing. What what could possibly happen? I mean, the worst that could happen really, I think, is you get AIDS or you go to jail. That's it. Or not AIDS is even that bad anymore. Actually, Hep C and, and herpes is worse, I think, now than AIDS. So like, the worst thing that can happen to you is you get a disease forever that puts sores on your face and stops you from having sex, or you go to jail. And both of those things would suck. So if like you're not in danger of doing either of those things, like fuck it. Like, what do you have to lose? Okay, so, like, you don't have a set process. Like, tell, talk to me about process. For some reason, we're always talking about, you know, like, is it is it a, you know, do I do I get up and stretch, or do I, like, you know, take a shot? Like, do you take a shot to relax, or do you, like, just go in there and say, F it, I don't care, I'm just gonna, I, I'm going in there like this. Or do you have a process? No shots. No, no shots. No process, no shots. But to be fair, I have no process at all for anything. And yeah. I live my life literally like the Lorax, going from <laughs> truffle tree to truffle tree. Um, and I, I kind of have spent my life, uh, creating a life without process because I, I think about, when I think about growing up and growing older and becoming boring and like becoming one of these like cookie cutter box people that lives in the suburbs and wears dockers and I don't know what these people do, but I shouldn't say that. That's rude. But I, when I, when I, when I was growing up and like my biggest fear was that like somehow, uh, I, that my life wouldn't be like the most interesting ever of all time. And yeah. so I, I pretty much spent my entire life creating a friend group and a lifestyle and a business that would enable me to have no ties down. Um, so when I do this, I mean, trust me, I've been drunk plenty of times. I've been high on all kinds of drugs. I mean, I did one of the podcasts, I think, in Australia. I was, like, super high on... Was that the transvestite like, one? I'm sorry. Was that the transvestite one? Yeah, yeah. I was, like, I think I was, like, I was like, I was, I was, as they say, munted over there. Um, I mean, so I've, I mean, I do this in my life. Like I, I do this on the weekends, but I, you know, I live this podcast like I live my life and, you know, I drink a lot and I do drugs all the time and I go party and I have fun and then I, I'm super serious. I go to board meetings and I raise money and I, you know, I have a very serious life and I have a very unserious life. So right. I, the podcast is both of those things, but I don't have a process. I don't have, I just go and I take my heart, I take my Lorax pants and I, I see where the wind takes me. So do you ever spot, are you getting to the point now where you like an instinctively pick out the guy and you're like, that's the yes. guy that I know yeah. that's going to talk to me yeah. and he's not only yes. uh, a weirdo, but he's going to freaking tell me he likes the woman's underwear and I could tell they're going to be pink. I, I have always had a radar for this <laughs> and my, ra my radar is so strong right now. I mean, honestly, I I, I learned, I really knew when I was at the porn convention because, like, the porn <laughs> convention is full of freaks. And right. Weirdos, there's orgies in every corner. There's, like, you know, cornucopia of disastrous, you know, daddy-issued messes just are, like, puddles on the floor everywhere. Um, so it was really there that I, <coughs> excuse me, that I figured out how fucking powerful my, 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 my ability is to find amazing humans. But... The thing is, again, I will stress that everybody, if you really, if you develop the skills and you really listen, cab drivers, bus drivers, uh, grocery checkout line people, pharmacists, you cannot imagine the stories that people have that you would never expect. So it's really more about opening up your own ears and opening up your eyes and actually not pretending like you care and, and listening in a way that's not waiting to speak. And I had to learn this because I... I had, a, I had a tendency of, like, barreling over people, but if you learn how to actually listen and marinate in what people say, 
mm-hmm. that people will offer you a different kind of story because they know that you're there. So I mean, you're basically saying like you can sit and listen to somebody initially talk about like something stupid, and, or not something stupid, but just something superficial, like maybe shocking, and you'll sit there and listen, and then after two or three minutes of you listening, then they get down to something maybe more like personal. Yeah, I mean, well. Or is I that mean, is that too simplistic? Maybe I missed it. I don't know. No, it's not too simplistic. I, I mean, obviously, for everyone, it's going to be different, but um, storytelling is an art that people don't know that they have. Yeah. And um, it can take a while for people to find the voice that's inside of them, and that's really your job as as a podcaster, as a musician, as an artist, as a whatever. As a, as a theater person to allow other people to find their creative voice and the way that I found that worked is by being really open myself you know by talking to people about my failures about talking about my mistakes about you know uh, embarrassing stories but I mean I, I trip and fall down all the time and it's about not hiding your humanity and when you do that you create a safe space for people to show you theirs mm. um, and so that's so there's no formula at all it's about you. It's about ha- like living your life as an authentic human being and living your life not embarrassed of who you are and shouting it from the fucking rooftops because your originality and your uniqueness is the thing that makes you amazing. And the more that people cover it up and try to fit in and try to hide like whatever their eccentricities are, whatever their weird talents are, whatever makes them really special and shine and sparkle, I mean... I mean, it's just a disaster. And that's why people freak the fuck out, because they try to fit into these boxes they don't fit into. And I just wish, more than anything, that whatever I do in my life, that I can help more people feel like they can like, just let their freak flag fly. Because this world, this, this world is a place, you know, to just fucking celebrate your diversity and celebrate the billions of different colors, races, songs, nuances, art projects, you know, the different kinds of food and sex and weird just you mean you can just just celebrate the diversity you know so that's that's really what I want to do I want to help people think that that's awesome being weird is fucking awesome yeah well I mean I remember hearing your interview the the last time you were talking about how much you preferred doing radio and how radio is you know it was kind of dying a while ago and has come back versus television but then I started thinking, you know, there's nobody that's more in your face with a microphone than you. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, could, I, I see your point about like, hey, I'm kind of hidden behind a microphone with radio. But then that's like the opposite of what you're doing. You're actually like more on television than people on TV. They're safer than you. So like, you know, I mean, I'm totally like, I, I get what you're saying because the medium is totally great. But like how, how, like what's cool about it to you when you're out there throwing a mic in people's face? You know what I mean? <laughs>
what I'm looking for is is honesty and um, originality and, and weirdness. And it's much more difficult to find people because the people who want to be on camera and are like really good on camera are rehearsed puppets. You know, coaxing, right. coaxing beautiful nuanced stories of like like improv comedy of the level I'm trying to do is very very difficult. And keeping it funny and relevant while coaxing people's egos and 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 allowing them to come out of their their little tortoise shell. Yeah. While still making it relevant, interesting, and and you know and deeply comedically timed well, is is really hard, and it's just. Myself on finding uh, the the beauty in the visual the visual side of this. I I have no doubt that I could do it and I would do it. But I just wanna. I like it that people can't see the subject. I like that your brain has to like figure out who this person is without being able to identify you know the usual markers that you put people in the little boxes with. You know like the things that you check off in your college application because. When you see someone, you judge them. You yeah. can't help it. It's right. how we're raised, it's how we work, and you know, it's like almost like a primordial thing where like you're trying to ascertain like what value can I can I help me hunt or gather, whatever this comes from. We as a human species has to figure out instantly the value that someone else has to us and we use these really miserable and mean spirited ways of doing it. And so what I love about radio is that it allows people to listen to the voice and to listen to the, the the cadencing and the intonation and the and the the way that someone's voice flows and the dips and the tones of sadness and laughter and light whatever's inside of them without looking and seeing that this is like a super fat guy you know with with cheeses on his shirt that you would never talk to in a million years so it removes the ability for people to write my subject off without hearing what they have to say right so that's really why I like so like, what's it in your brain that makes you better? Is it empathy? You keep talking about empathy. Is that is that is that something that you think that you've got like, as a strength? Or I mean, what? I don't know. Maybe it's not I, just I, that one I, thing. I, I think empathy is a muscle. And yeah. I think if you don't exercise it, it goes away. I, I at times in my life have been a very unempathetic person, um, and it can come out. I mean, it's come out in days I was having the worst days. You know, there's 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 interviews that I'm kind of ashamed of because I didn't I didn't allow people to tell me their stories and there's obvious judgment in my voice and I've been working on that a lot really. Um, but I've really become much more empathetic by doing this and it's I hard. I mean, it's hard to be empathetic. There's no question. It's like it doesn't come natural to everybody. It's actually not hard to be empathetic. What's hard to do is not. Uh, I think we're trained in the first world in America to not, because everybody sort of has this ability to like pull themselves up by their bootstraps. The story of the American dream is like this underdog who like makes it through. And so we don't have a lot of time for people who haven't figured it out. So people that are down on their luck, they're like, well, you had education, you had public, you had all these things available to you. You had the, you know, you're not in like sub-Saharan Africa. You should have been able to figure out too bad for you, fuck off, I'm right. about my day. And so, you know, and, and you kind of have to, right, especially in New York, like, you're walking by tons and tons of homeless and people down to their luck and the subways, and if you really focus on it uh, and actually think about what it's like to be the person living in the subway on the street, 
and the hum like the absolutely humiliating moments of like looking at people in the eyes and begging them for their money. I mean, that is like it's just a brutal way to go about life. So if you really stop to empathetically think about it, it will crush you. <laughs> and you'll <coughs> sorry. Um and it will it will stop you from going about your busy body, busy be American lifestyle of killing it, best, biggest, brightest, fastest, stronger, you know, America, fuck yeah, you know, the whole thing. And so we all, I think, as a society get on this, like, this race, this race to, like, you know, have this job, have this wife, have these kids, have this success, get these cars, get all the stuff, get all the stuff in the cool house, have the barbecues, whatever it is, whatever the symbols of the American 1950s after the war life is. And we're all sort of stuck in that, of this, these, like, these benchmarks of like what success is when the impediments to success are becoming higher and higher. I mean, the education rate is dropping. People don't have jobs. Job rates are just plummeting. You know, everything's kind of like, everything is going to get harder and harder. So I hope that, you know, as a society, we learn, we learn how to work out our empathy muscles because people are going to need help more and more, you know? And I just, it's, there, there's no time. I mean, being hard hearted, it, it hurts no one but you. And I've really found that as I let go of a lot of the anger that was in my heart and a lot of the judgment and, and just, like, black negative stuff that came from just, you know, whatever, like, lots of cocktail of growing up things, it makes you so much happier. And you have such richer connections with people, and you just feel better as a human. Being angry, being angry and anger in general, it poisons you. And so I would really recommend that everybody, if they can, like, just... I don't know, volunteer in an old age home, hang out with people, you know, go to soup kitchens. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but, like, altruism is the greatest way to find happiness. Connecting with your community and giving back and finding ways to, to take what you've been given and give back to others is actually the best way to be happy. Regardless of your girlfriend or boyfriend or monetary success, it really is the best way that I've found. So I'll speak for myself. It's the best way that I've found to find real happiness. Yeah, no, I I think that's awesome. That makes me feel really bad about the fact that the rest of these questions that I have are really, really, really stupid. <laughs> Go for it. That's the thing. That's the balance, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, that's really fantastic. I totally, actually, I agree with you on a lot of that. I mean, um, so now I really want to get down to, like, some of these dumb questions that I've got <laughs> sure. for you. Yeah. Go for it. So, like, um, early riser, not an early riser, or is, like, sleep a detriment to comedy? I don't know why, but I've always wondered if, like, comedians, like, sleep at all, because if you stay up, maybe you're funnier? Or is that that's, not true? That's, that's not true at all. I know. <laughs> um, I have three jobs, and, um, I, uh, I sleep a lot, and I don't sleep at all. I mean, I sleep very little. shoving stuff up your nose when you are working out you are your most funny when you're when you are healthy you are your most funny and I, I disagree like for instance like Jerry Seinfeld has clean comedy right that is the hardest comedy to do it's really easy to make fucking dick jokes and whatever shit jokes and like racist jokes or whatever but real comedy really subtle and brilliant comedy like Garrison Keillor comedy like witty beautiful um tell me more like NPR Sunday comedy that your brain to have omegas in it to fucking eating right and the healthier that I get the, I mean you need your brain I mean you need first 
first of all, comedy requires quickness, wit, and memory. Right. right? So, um, like, the stereotype so, about the, the comedian that's, like, eating steaks and, you know, staying up all night, doing drugs, like, that's probably not going to make you at your sharpest, right? No, no. Fucking losers, seriously. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, I... The, it seems so lame to say this, but, you know, in, you know, I've just entered into my 30s, and, um, and I partied, okay? I really, really... <laughs> You live in New York. I mean, I, I just got back from a yeah, wedding well, where it was all New Yorkers, and these people raged harder than anything I've seen in, like, five years. Oh, fuck New York. Try, try Spain. Try, try Berlin. Try living in Berlin. My God. Really? The, German, the Germans will take anyone down. Really? Anyone. Oh, yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, what drugs do is they make you slow. Right. They make your brain slow, and they... They make you project a self that isn't yourself. And that, that inherently is toxic and wrong and fucked. And as, as I've gotten older and I sort of watched my friend group, um, you know, become like from like really cute party kids to like older party kids, like maybe it's time for everyone to go to rehab. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I really see the, where, the effects of rampant drug and alcohol use on your brain. so drunk they're from all over but is that like would that be like a haven for you for activity or no no i mean New Orleans is so just i i i'm trying to steer away from the shit face people because right. they're not it's like it's like sort of what's that what's that show that i don't like um my cut my nephews always watch this show it's like ridiculous or something like yeah. it's on the tv it's like a bunch of people just hurting themselves and falling down and like just being stupid and yeah and
what I've been trying to do is, like, stay away from just, like, stupid bros who are drunk on the street. Because, like, we get it. You're an idiot. You're an idiot, like, you know, what is it called? Uh, cop, what's the guy's in the... Frat guy. Yes, frat guy. Yeah, frat guy. Frat guy doing idiot frat guys. Like, who gives a fuck? And honestly, what they're doing is so boring. They're like, I don't even want to waste my time shedding my light on that. Because, like, who gives a fuck about that? All right. Well, yeah, well, every time I pick up a newspaper, it seems like there's some some article in it about racial inequality, you know, especially here in the South, there um, seems to be a lot of concentrated anger towards Southerners and the rebel flag, and I'm just like, I wonder what people in New York think about Southerners. Do they think that we're all just redneck, rebel flag-waving uh, weirdos, or, like, you know, do you read the paper? Do you think that, like, what are your thoughts about Southerners in general, especially considering what else is going on? And keeping in mind, we're recording from Dallas, Texas, so just be careful, be gentle. Um, no. I think that, uh, the news fluffed up, you know, whatever article seems, you know, great for the moment, and that there are beautiful, amazing Southerners that are doing incredible work. I mean, it's such a heard that about the North being secretly racist. I thought that was interesting. Especially since Indiana was like the last bastion of the KKK. I'm like, that's the North. Yeah, Wait a second. Right. Um, well, what about music? Like, do you have any turns, turn, like, your favorite tunes in New York? I'm sure you, like, hear about Mark, Mac DeMarco or anything like that. Do you listen to anything that, that you really like in New York? I'm not that cool, honestly. <laughs> um, I work all the time, but I don't know anything that's cool anymore. But, yeah. No, you don't have to pick anything. How about Prince? I really recommend Prince these days. Um, <laughs> or Janet Jackson. Really good. <laughs> really good. I mean, I'm a classic to the heart. She's really popular so, right now. Janet Jackson. I heard she's really yeah. hot. Yeah. I mean, check out Duran Duran. It's like this really cool hit new band. Yeah. Um, so you're, like, not one of these people that, like, goes to the Grammys and tries to explain to everybody about how important Arcade Fire is and how, like, you know, they need to, no, this is meaningful. No, 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 I don't care about any of that. I don't, I don't care, no, I, I really, um, I think music these days is super fatty, and, uh, I miss the fact that decades had a sound to them, and I don't know if we're ever gonna, again, have these movements, incredible, I mean, I'm not gonna get in trouble for saying this. I, I, Okay, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna try one question since you've lived in the South and I have this really stupid question that I've been wondering myself. Uh, but as I gotta ask a northerner, is this racist, okay? Oh, that's fine. No. Here we go. Are are uh are skin tone emojis racist? Because I think they are. Because it's making you choose your skin tone, and that's kind of weirdly racist, right? It's like making me pick, making me identify my race. I think, I think that anybody uses emojis is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I'm okay. Like, If somebody sent you a emoticon to break the ice, this would not be working for you. In other words. No, that would not work for me. Okay. All right. Well, I'll hit you with this last one since I've got you on uh, Twitter with a stripper pole in your um, on your Twitter photo. <laughs> yeah. I think. I mean, I think sometimes girls have a, an idea in their mind of the song, like their stripper song. Like, what do you have a stripper song? And if so, what is it? You've got your four of your favorites. You're one of those four. I mean, I've been in this for two and a half years. We worked for the Southern Bell. <laughs> All right, well, I think we'll leave it at that. Thank you, Zoe. I really appreciate you talking to us. feel better so thanks i'll talk to you soon yeah so that is the lovely and always hilarious zoe nightingale entertaining us as ever um zoe can be found on her twitter page at genuinely false that's at genuinely false zoe's based out in new york she's the host and creator of you're welcome and it's a satirical improv comedy show so zoe is hysterical so he's also got a soundcloud page it can be found at zoe-nightingale and she also has her own separate page at zoenightingale.com. So again, it's zoenightingale.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, any feedback, we always appreciate it. It can be found at Will Radio Run. Just leave it on my Twitter page, at Will Radio Run. This was a hysterical time spent with Zoe. So again, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, take care. Listen to the next podcast, and we'll see you on the next week. Bye.